Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to an episode here on the Abundant Leap podcast. I have a really good friend, adventure seeker. I mean, we've done some crazy stuff together, jumping out of helicopter skiing in in, uh, Canada. We've been to a private island in Croatia. We've been to an amazing private beach club in Cabo. We went and rented out in a giant ranch in Texas with like some of the greatest people I've ever met on the planet. So I have my good friend. And uh, adventure conquering uh, sidekick Hollis Carter from Baby Bathwater on. What's up, brother man? Good to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, having me on here. Stoked. Been watching the the little clips of this. I've been kind of excited to dive in with you here. Right on. I know we've been talking about it for a while, so I'm glad that we finally made it happen. But you know, some of the best episodes I've done are the people that I know the best. So the fact that we've pushed this off for so long, I know it's just going to be a lot of fun and really excited to hear more about the the plans that you have going further with Baby Bathwater, what you see in the future for that, also your personal brand. But before we get there, really tell me about how this whole thing started. How did Baby Bathwater come yeah. to be? Um, you know, What were you part of? What were you up to at the time? What was that aha moment of like, wow, I want to go create exactly what I want in a community and just really walk us through that process. Like what was the, what was the starting point? Yeah. I mean, I will start with the asterisk. So we didn't like write a business plan. This was not like one of those, uh, aha moments for me. My business partner wrote up this magical plan and we're going to like launch this perfect community for ourselves. Uh, more happened by accident. Um, I have a business partner named Michael Lovich, and for about a decade, him and I were conference buddies. Kind of how you and I hang at these conferences and stuff. A lot of them being made about hard ones, but had we met at you know a marketing show or personal development thing or whatever, we kept finding ourselves in the same lobbies at the same time. And you know, for almost ten years, it was this sort of thing that. We came up with the name, but we didn't know this was going to be the name of the company, but it was the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And we had this internal lingo where it'd be like, hey, man, I went to this one. He'd be like, How was it? Or I'm like, ah, there was some baby, but it was mostly bathwater. You know, good thing you stayed home or, oh, man, you missed it. It was just so much baby. And it was like just a weird language that we were using internally amongst ourselves. And, you know, essentially the baby was really just really awesome human beings that we had an exchange with and we realized that's actually what i cared about way more than seeing the guy who i've seen on youtube 20 times speak at a stage i just happened to the sea of in front of me and usually those people who were like famous speakers and it was always at like uh, a marriott in some city crappy food and like all those kind of things that was like the bathwater that you just dealt with because that's how the industry of going to events works. Like you went to crappy hotels, you listened to speakers you could watch on YouTube, and they usually tried to sell you something as well. And you had sponsors and all these things. And all I really wanted to do was 
make like a real connection with someone who had maybe been a little further along than me, or I enjoyed helping people and telling them my story over a drink in the lobby. I'd watch them be like, oh my gosh, you just paid for my event. I was like, oh, that's me. That That's what I liked. And so, you know, that is basically the whole theory that ours is based on like, we were like the bad kids hanging out, starting LobbyCon uh, versus sitting in the talks and the workshops. And it was like, oh, why don't we just make that what you're supposed to do? And, you know, there's a lot more to it, but that really is what brought us together as friends. We had separate companies and uh, we just did a lot of the same conference together. We loved genuinely having deep conversations with other peers because I wasn't getting that with my friends from college and the people I was around. I needed other people like, oh my gosh, like, how did I make payroll? Or have you seen this new marketing thing that just came out or whatever it was? It was like fun to get excited with peers about that stuff. I resonate with that so much because I remember there was a couple people that had, had told me about baby bathwater. And then we had a friend, Ian Stanley connect us on Instagram. I was like, Hey, I think you guys have a lot of synergy. You should just like talk. And I remember at the time as my business was growing, I needed peers that were fitting in with growing a business, but also doing like really rad shit. Because like you said, there are so many of those business, like boring masterminds you go to where we all sit uh, you know, in a, in a conference room for three days and we talk, we maybe go out to dinner, have a drink. And then it's kind of like, that's it. Right. Like, yeah, there's, a, there's great information. Yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Why can't we have both? And a lot of my friends that were still extreme and, you know, skiing or rock climbing or whatever it was surfing. It's like, they chose like the vagabond dirtbag life where they were just doing that. And I was like, I, I still want to have those friends, but also that make money. So we don't have to have either one or the other. And I saw so many of my friends just getting caught up in chasing the money and in the business world to where they were losing their self, letting go of their hobbies. And I remember sitting down and intentionally writing that out. I was like, I want friends around me that do both. And then shortly after that, we went heli skiing in Canada, met some of my best friends on that trip to this day. I mean, a lot of you are invited to my wedding, to my bachelor party. Like it was just very deep, intimate, real conversations with real people. Because when you go through the shit of building a business, you become a better human being, right? It's like you, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not complaining about the news. You're not talking about what dumb sitcom you watched. It's like, it's real deep conversations about how you're, you know, balancing being a father, a husband, a business owner, like you said, making payroll, but still being able to go out and have fun and jump out of helicopters and skiing. And the photo behind you, I believe is from, was it from two trips ago? Yeah, this is actually uh, on on my birthday. We call it the birthday cake shot. Someone got it blown up and set uh, up there at uh, at the heli trip. And then, you know, Jimmy proceeded to go right behind me and wander on his head in that same spot. <laughs> um, yeah, man, you're, you're nailing it. And that's like what it's about. So like, I've always, I mean, this is kind of what linked me and Michael together, had the weird balance of like not wanting to necessarily classify ourselves as business people. Like, uh, that wasn't, I went to school to be a park ranger and I was a whitewater rafting guy and I thought that was my path. And then I started getting really into very expensive hobbies, like heli skiing and staying in nice hotels and enjoyed spas and all these kind of things. My wife calls me the bougie hippie, kind of like a, you know, a straight dirt bag person who was living in a van. Like at those conferences, I met a lot of unique people because I was sleeping in my van at the four seasons out front because it was nicer set up than the, the room there. And I'd buy like a spa package to park it in valet and go to the conference and end up 
how I met Tyler Maliki, who's in the group, was uh, just parked outside of the Four Seasons at uh, a big conference with Tip Paris, like down in, in Denver. Um, but I was always very entrepreneurial, which kind of backs into a little bit of this. It might be um, relatable for some of the people in your audience who been in that building stage. Was like school was not my jam, and uh, essentially what was available for me to learn how to run a business so that I could be free to do what I wanted looked a lot like school. It was books, courses, workshops with steps and. Like it just didn't work with my brain. I'm extremely dyslexic. A bunch of other kind of learning disabilities. Like in third grade, my teacher walked up and tapped me on the shoulder and was like, you only have to do the odd problems. Because school was genuinely like the hardest thing for me. And as a kid, you're just trying to figure out you feel dumber than the other kids, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I lost some like confidence and whatnot there when I was just playing outside with my friends. I was like, I'm good at friends. I'm good at activities like this is great and then i go to school i gotta memorize a piece of paper um that doesn't seem to make any sense of why i even need to know it like all i really cared about was like you know fishing and playing with my friends and stuff um and then this was pre people even having like home computers i'm just old enough or young enough however you look at it to have that like first time you had a dial-up computer and the government gave me like a big beefy laptop so that i could do uh, dictation so that I could actually participate in school because of my writing and spelling and things were so poor. So anyway, that type of environment just didn't suit me. And that's kind of what the business world looked like. My dad was, uh, I, I'd say I was very fortunate that my dad hooked me up with this little yellow book. I'm going to have coffee stains all over it. And it was a Jay Abraham uh, marketing book that he got found somewhere like a thrift store. Who knows? I don't even know how it came into our world. But it had letters of direct response uh, marketing that were written to roofing clients to say, hey, let's update your roof or whatever. And he was like, you can take this book and you can make money. I think this might suit you better than the school world. And my confidence skyrocketed after implementing, basically just taking those written letters. I rewrote them that I would mow your lawn, add your driveway, blow the leaves off and all that free if you give me a shot if you loved it you'd have to sign up for a monthly subscription i dropped those letters out manually and end up getting like 30 people on subscription with my first you know round of this and i was like oh my gosh i think i'm making more than my teachers now and my confidence kind of went from here to there and um it was a whole route of life of figuring out like how can i get what i want when the typical system doesn't really work for how i work that's when I got more into the entrepreneur stuff from that early age of like 12-ish that I had to just figure out different routes of learning. It was more sitting and having conversations with someone and hearing their story than it was getting a book with seven steps. And it was like, oh man, I picked up my little piece that I like to view. I, I can learn more from stories and lessons than I could from here's my seven steps of success or you know things that involve memorization and stuff like that. That's such an empowering story. I didn't know the full depth of that mm -hmm. until just now. So thank you for sharing that. And anybody that's listening in, like that, something like that's happening in your life where like you're 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 going up against a wall, you're getting turned down, like it doesn't feel like right. And if it doesn't feel right, it's like it's time for a change. It's time to figure out a better way to do it. It's time to figure out maybe a different avenue. Because I relate so much as well as like school. I was great at school, but I did the very bare minimum to barely get by and only go to class just enough to pass as well. Because 
yeah, I wanted to be out playing with my friends, doing extreme sports. I was like, I don't want to have the life that my teachers have, or even at the time, what my parents were doing in life, or like the people that were around me, I didn't want that lifestyle. So I really tuned out the advice that they were trying to give me. Now, some of it makes more sense. But at that time, I knew I had to go out and hang around the people that I genuinely wanted to be like, because I knew that they weren't playing by the rules because the rules say you work until you're 60 and then you retire and then you get in your RV and you drive around and you see all the national parks when you're too old to get out and freaking walk around anyways. And I was like, not for me. I need to go find people like, like Hollis and Taylor and Hunter and Shane and all these amazing human beings that I've met inside of baby bathwater. And again, that just goes back to talk on, you know, be, you know, choose the people you want around you that are actually going and rowing in the same direction because time 100%. is so limited. And I, you and I both talked about this, like now have having babies. I mean, our babies are the same age. Now we're seeing how fast, you know, two years has gone by and how quickly our babies age. It just put me in, in more high drive of, wow, time is limited. I only want to be around amazing people that are doing amazing things. Um, and so again, thank you so much for putting baby bathwater together, because like you said, you've created that space where it's very free and open and come and participate in as much as you want, bring as much as you want to the table, but also just like hang out and chill and have a cocktail if that's what you want to do too. Yeah. I mean, you gotta take, I always think of that movie, Donnie Darko, like you have to take in the entire spectrum of human emotion or school. They're like, it's either love or it's fear, but he blows up on the teacher, and I always loved that because I also had like a very intense problem with authority um, growing up. There was a rule placed on me that I couldn't logically make sense of any reason why I existed. I tend to break it and feel good about it. Uh, I thought that was like my, my duty as a child to po- poke holes in these rules. And I was like, well, how many days of school can I miss? I'm going to miss 41 because that was like the legal limit. Right. And then I'd figure out different things, you know, and navigate it. But it was only when I didn't respect it. Like when someone showed me, they had a, a principle they lived by, which is what I liked more of the rules. And one of them I did pick up on, you're talking about, it's like the cheesy one you always do. It's like, you're the five people you surround yourself with. I saw that, like the implicit implications of that. The moment I started doing that in my life at a young age, like picking the crowd I would spend time with, how I felt, you know, I did pop around a lot of different crowds as a kid. And as I got older, there was a point where I had a, like a flight pass where I could jump on flights for free on standby and whatever. And I became a uh, pretty chronic conference goer because I was just testing out what different crowds felt like to me. I'd go to the marketing one, I go to this one, I go to the business one, the entrepreneur one, the personal development one. And, and I'd pick up on the patterns of like, well, wow, that made me feel good. Those people are going in the direction I want to go. And like, was it relatable? And then I started building over those 10 years where I built my first, you know, more online focused businesses where my motive was not necessarily to build something great like it is now at this, where I like truly get up out of bed, fired up. It was to learn the skills of having a business so I could have enough cash to jump on a plane whenever I wanted to or get in the helicopter, take my friends on adventures and party all the time and do what I wanted at that age. Um, learned a lot of good skills, but it was all from hanging out with other people and listening for that nugget of a pattern. Like I heard three successful people tell me the same story in a different way, but they all said that one thing the same. And then I would extract that little nugget and sort of apply it. And, you know, back in the early, 
uh, internet days when I was very early and lucky in that space where you could pretty much throw anything up. If it wasn't terrible, it was going to kind of work. Uh, if you, you know, had some sense in your head, there was a lot of pattern recognitions and the stuff that was coming out in courses and in workshops was outdated already. So, but, you know, hanging out at the, the lobby of these crappy Marriott's and things like that, I was always able to pick up nuggets that I could turn into very serious revenue and, you know, kind of catapults all that forward. That's a very important thing to pay attention to because so many people go to conferences and think like that's where all the value is. And there is, there's a ton of value in that. But when you are always bringing like high quality content from the different conferences, the, the calls that you have, even from podcasts, right? Those things will start to add up where you're like, exactly, I've seen a pattern, especially in like the health world, right? Now we're seeing a pattern. There was a lot of stuff that came out during like, the biohacking movement and Dave Ashley's thrown a million things at everyone. And then now is like kind of the dust has really settled where people like aren't over hacking. It's like everybody talks about meditation, breath work, cold therapy, hot therapy. Like you've mm-hmm. pretty simplified it to like very like the most uh, needle movers that you and I have talked about all the time where we do those things every single day. And it's like these are the things consistently over the last couple of years that I have felt have taken my physical and mental game to the next level because who do you know all the pro athletes are doing it right a lot of the streaming yeah. boards a lot of the top entrepreneurs like they're all saying the same things like okay i'm going to take that into my toolbox and i'm going to start applying that to my life blue blockers everyone's talking about them finally mm-hmm. the people that i really yeah, respected yeah, that kept talking about it was like okay i'm going to add these to my life yeah and none of this stuff is actually new Marketers just kind of got yeah. it out there and overwhelmed some people and their simple patterns, which, you know, I also institute this as the way we run Baby Baffler and I run my life. And I think the way we've related is like some things are trends and some things are hip and then some things just really work and they're in the trend because they've gotten brought to light. And you need to be able to have enough discernment to figure out how it applies to you. Like it was like, you know, moderation and everything, including moderation you have to figure out your own way because no influential guru person you watch online is you and knows how to apply it. They usually have a reason they're promoting what they're doing and they're riding the trend or whatever. But like, you know, we, we I've done the Vipassana retreat and that's something that I want to do every year if I can. Having the kids is making it a little harder to pick those 12 days over on skiing. But, um, you know, my non-negotiables of, sweating every single day and doing the cold like i jumped in the lake the moment before we got on this so it could be fresh um those things work and you know one thing i've really enjoyed about running baby bathwater is getting to kind of be behind the curtain i've seen the patterns that truly stay versus the things that sort of pop up and go like biohacking was kind of an interesting world it became a little buzzy versus just truly like we've called it peak performance. Like how do you perform well? And that's why I like how you kind of mentioned what the athletes have been doing for years that just now people who are trying to hack their way through it, uh, you know, are doing the way we will usually do content is not normally one person. I'd rather see three people who've got a good grip on something, sharing their ideas on like a panel, taking Q and a, so you can pull out the version that fits you. Like, you might like a little bit of how this guy does his morning routine, but you know, you have a kid and you stay up late, so you do it this way and you can develop the one that's for you. So we don't have a bunch of cookie cutter people coming out who are actually getting more stressed out 
then they're feeling better because they're trying to follow someone else's routine that doesn't fit. You got to find the baby, throw out the bathwater, and like, you know, do the thing that uniquely works for you. And we all change over time. Our lifestyles change, where we live changes. You're in the middle of moving different houses right now. Your kids at a certain age where they're sleeping through the night, but then if something's going to change and we have to be more adaptable where, you know, I do notice some of these really strict things that become trendy where it's like, I got to do these hundred things. I do actually get more stressed out than it's helping them if they do it wrong. You know, I like doing my breath work every morning, but it's like 10 minutes. And if I miss it, that's okay. Um, you know, I'll, you know, I can figure that kind of stuff out. And so just whether it's business or health, I think people having that perspective of a little bit of grace and making it their own is like really important. Um, I'm so glad that you said that because yeah, people try to fit into a mold that isn't them and they jump around from different business to different business. Cause they've seen a better business model out there and they get like that shiny ball syndrome of, Oh, well that guy's making more money and lives a better life and is traveling all over the world and has a happy family. So like, I need to go and do exactly what he does and I need to change up what I'm doing. And we say in like the yo-yo effect where we actually never move forward. It's just like these emotional up and downs of chasing that like dopamine hit of something new rather than like staying true to what you're building. It's like I've met some guys that have done 50, 80, 100 million in landscaping. It's like that's insane. No, no, I'm not going to go and do that. But I learned from the way that he built his SaaS business and how he was able to scale that. And I can take that component and add it to my business, right? It's like, find what about their business has synchronicities with yours and then take the wins because the great thing about a mastermind or a community or a get together, or whatever it is, when you're speaking with somebody, they're giving you their entire lifespan of being an entrepreneur. They can give you all that, like their greatest learning lessons in about a five to 10 minute conversation. And it's like, that is priceless and that's what i've gotten at baby bathroom and i'll admit i don't go to a lot of content sessions because i'm usually deep in some conversation like out sitting by the ocean but having huge breakthroughs you know mentally spiritually physically emotionally like financially like having these like aha moments of like wow i kind of knew that or kind of understood it but just having that deeper conversation and hearing someone else's experience allowed me to have that breakthrough. I'm like, oh, I actually didn't quite think about it that way. That makes so much more sense. Now I can go apply this to my to my life. And that literally is like the perfect by uh say not even testimonial, but like user experience that I am going for when I'm helping it. Like that you don't even feel wrong about going to the content, but you also are getting that condensed five minute conversation that you realize is actually because it's a a conversation, not a one to many uh, conversation they're matching something that they saw in you that they felt like you needed to hear from their experience not from a, a lesson that felt prescriptive uh to a large audience and like that's where the gold is and for you you figure out when and how you want to get that and that's how i want to provide that environment and that's like the real thing is like yes we're in cool places yes there's like food and we get to jam to amazing music and we get to do all that but those are like the features, the benefit is the people, which, you know, one point we were talking earlier is the different kind of businesses that fit well for you. You know, prior to this, I had a, like a software company that was doing seven figures with very minimal work, had a publishing company and a similar thing. Those were 
high scale, low drag, amazing businesses, but I didn't really give a shit. And so I didn't wake up and drive it. Like I had like a three year time span to do stuff, but I would just kind of fizzle out. I've been doing this almost 10 years now. And I actually was just on a call with my coach before this talking about how much further I plan on, on driving it because I enjoy it because I see the value in it. And I do have the privilege of having the cash flow from those other businesses when I started it so that I could build it the way I wanted to and not rush into it, ruin it or whatever, which came down to the reason those conversations are good is I built like the most friction filled model. I would never copy if you're just trying to make easy cash flow, but the result is really quality people. We don't really do much marketing. We don't have a sales team like, you know, myself, my business partner and, you know, Ferg has been in the business week. So he's the only ones approving people to come in through uh, sales calls that are technically just reverse interview calls. And they can't even join the membership until they come to an event that has to work for a busy person to come on a date. And really our screening process, the call is just a small part of it. You've been to the events now and you see that it's like, they're not in just because they're at an event. We want to make sure they show up and they're like givers who actually, whether there's something in it for them or not, they're going to help you out if they, there's a way that they can. They're going to see someone who's door open. They're going to do it. And like after an event, we ask, you and the other members would say, hey, here's the new people who are there. Is there anybody who was just fantastic? Is there anyone who wasn't? I also asked the drivers and the bartenders and the waiters, because usually how you treat service people is how you treat everyone. And the reason we can get gold in our conversations is because people have the same intention, which is like, I like helping people learn from my experiences and I want to do the same. And there's this mutual loop that, you help each other whether there's a transaction there or not, which I found to be very different than people who are buying sponsors and VIP passes and things like that at these larger conferences. So there's some friction on our end to get there, but that's really the meat of it is like the people do the work. The environment's cool, all that. It's really that the people, we always joke, we could go to the La Quinta Inn in Iowa and have the same amount of value if we have the right people there. Absolutely. And I, you know, I've been to a lot of different masterminds, events, communities, you know, whatever you want to call them. And the amount of like the vetting, pro- like it's a true vetting process. A lot of people say like, oh, it's invite only and yada, yada, yada. But like at the end of the day, you're like, oh, you're just trying to sell as many tickets as you could to get people in the pitch on your 50K offer. But it was invite only. So it's exclusive. And I love that your integrity is that high because sure enough, after every event, I get an email like, hey, here were the 40 new people like rate that, like, what was the feedback? What were the conversations you had? How could they better support the community? Mm -hmm. It's like a legitimate um, process that, like you said, it allows the right people that are pure gold, not just successful, not just successful in their relationships, but are like fun people to be around. Cause we're laughing the entire day. I'll come back from baby bathwater event. My stomach just hurts from laughing, but we're like talking business and adding value, but still laughing our asses off to late hours in the night. And it's like, that's what you want. And also when there's humor and fun and entertainment and being in a beautiful environment, like you actually retain knowledge better than if you're just sitting in a stale conference room. Like there's a lot of science behind that. Like when you're laughing like a certain amount, when you're, you know, digesting a lot of content, you retain it. And it's like, man, I come back and it takes me a week to two weeks to fully like, first of all, decompress and then integrate. And then all of this 
stuff will start coming out like two, three, four weeks later while I'm working on something like, oh, I remember that conversation with Hollis. Oh, I remember that conversation with, with Taylor. Oh, I remember that conversation with Lisa. And all of a sudden it just like that information like bubbles back up to the surface and then I go and implement on it. And also to that point, you know, for those of you listening and that do go to podcast events, communities, whatever it may be, make sure that you implement. Don't just be content consumers because that's where you really go and make make money and make moves is actually putting it into action. And what I've gotten better about doing is when I come home from a Bay of Bathwater event or, or an event that I go to is writing out an action plan and being able to distribute that to the team. It's like, you know, both of us, you and I both started using EOS like a year and a half ago. It's like when we got it, it's like, boom, we have to implement this immediately and allocate it to the right team member to keep that momentum going, keep it fresh and keep evolving the business. Yeah, that kind of spur on a couple of thoughts. Well, one is like, none of this stuff is just an accident. Like if you were to come at the beginning, you'd see I published a lot on the set and settings. I knew when I was in an environment that didn't make me happy, I didn't retain as much. But I noticed when I was in environments where I was elated around good people and my stress was low, like my absorption rate, having all these learning disabilities and stuff was higher that I could bring back and implement into the business. So like the first one was like, I need healthy food. I need outside environments. I need to like get out of the city. So like the principles that was based on from a, a form and function piece at the beginning was getting rid of status, which is why we only did all inclusive. So people are like, oh, I'm taking this group to the steak dinner. Uh, and oh, I've got a suite across the street. It was like, no, you could have flown in on your jet and your Maserati, or you could have drove in your, you know, Volkswagen van that you're living in running your little agency. And if we thought you were a good fit, you were good to be here. There was no differentiator and there was no way to sponsor or status signal uh and that's why i was in these outdoor environments i want people to feel good and have access to movement and food and all that the the other piece that you kind of just was like doing something with it over time now we realize and you actually never got to see this because we just started doing this at our smaller events but i just did one last week with 25 people who do for members and you nailed it we're like you could go to these things, and I notice people go to them because they feel good, they get inspired, they get some ideas, but sometimes they come on overwhelmed. We just ran through an exercise where I had everybody sit. I sat up front with each guest of the entire event, and to the crowd, they had to say what they were going to do. Just one thing. It could be as simple as that. They had to tell the whole room the one thing they were going to do. And our team like took those notes and sent them after. And now we got a little WhatsApp group that's like cheering them on. Half the people just knocked out on the flight home, like, oh. I'm going to have that conversation with my operator and we drilled down, well, well, what are you going to talk about? What resources do you need to do it? And we kind of supporting each other community-wise that way. And so as we run this longer and become part of it, which is also a pretty key difference is that we are part of the experience. We are not the experience where I think most groups, there's one guy or girl or, you know, two partners who are the content, the teacher, they're, it's one to many. Like my goal is I just get to be a member soon enough, which is why I'm doing EOS and I'm trying to build. Team. I just want to attend and hang out and, and go to content and even dance and swim and have fun and be part of the experience. Uh, just like the adventure trips work a lot closer on that route. Um, and you know that creates a different environment where I'm I'm truly the customer. The pain I'm going through, like the content. The last one was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Some of these people. Are so successful that I realize whatever pain I'm truly feeling or thing I'm wanting to work on, it's the same as my audience because I am my audience. 
And so I had to work on some generational wealth protection stuff because I have kids now and I'm trying to figure it out. And they were like, oh my gosh, that content hit, even though we've never touched that subject before. I sort of started trusting my gut on like, people do want an action step. Oh, people do want to know about this because if I'm, it's something I'm thinking about on my morning walk multiple times, I bet half of this group is as well. And you can start to predict not what they're telling you that they want, but what you can feel they probably want and start to meet those needs, you know, uh, along the way. So yeah, it's just super fun to create something for yourself that also is like a very interesting business model that doesn't exist, but keeping that sort of true north, like would I still want to go? Because there's decisions on a weekly basis that we could make that make our lives easier, but then it wouldn't be the event I want to go to because I would smell the tricks just like we don't sell a membership at the end. There's people who are so happy and excited to be there. I'm like, can I sign up for the thing? I'm like, no, no, no. You got to go home. You go back to your like screaming kid or your accountant or your wife or your husband. I want you to be in reality when you make a decision to commit, not in this false environment we created where everything's just sort of fun and great, you know? And just thinking through those details, I think is important for whether someone listening is, you know, doing their own business or looking at different groups, just like look at the details uh, instead of just the big marketing picture, like who is continually articulating what they're doing and meeting, you know, uh, the needs of their customers and why are the customers, are they superior? Are they part of that group? Are they scratching their own niche? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a product of the product. I've, I've experienced it and I end up spending my time and energy and resources going to more baby bathwater events than, than anything else, because how many events are you guys doing now per year? You have your couple of major events, and then you're doing the smaller cloud camps as well for people listening in. And they want to know more about it of like, Hey, what does it entail? How often are you guys getting together? Where are you going and how do they get involved? I think would be some great insight for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you can just check out on babybathwater.com. It's usually a little bit behind when we post to the public because we're definitely a warm member centric business. So like someone like Chance is a member, we're first letting them know about it. And sometimes they just fill up that way, but we're starting to reserve some space um, for people who are interested. But you can get on our email list there and get updates and stuff like that. And like, I like being very transparent about how we are building this thing in real time. There's not this like 10 year vision. There's a 10 year gut feel I'm going for, but it is a hundred percent a revisionist vision, especially after we got smacked with COVID and lost like $2 million in event deposits and had to figure out how to handle that membership events and all that. I realized planning too far in the future can actually be quite dangerous in the business we're in because also you guys change. Like the amount of people who were like digital nomads when we started this, who are now with mortgage and kit uh, and multiple businesses or whatever, it's like we actually have to evolve along with our uh, our audience. But really, you know, next year I already know we're probably going to be doing three, possibly four of the larger scale events, like our flagships, like about 120 plus people, all inclusive, food, beverage, housing, everything, lots of content, and all that kind of stuff. Those dates and information is on the site. And they have the small stuff, the adventures and the masterminds. That's really just for like the super tight knit group. Every now and then someone will vouch for someone like your first event was actually an adventure trip, which is rare because like if someone isn't a good fit and they come on a smaller trip, it can upset the group dynamic a lot faster than, uh, than a big one where they can kind of fall into the mix a little bit. 
but it was a personal referral. We chatted for quite some time back and forth before we even, you know, landed there. Um, yeah, people can say whatever they want on applications and on phone calls. You really get to figure it out when you're with people and you watch literally just how they interact with service staff and at dinner tables. And that's the true nature. And I guess a good disclaimer is there's a lot of membership organizations and events and masterminds that only are really going off of revenue and success metrics, kind of like kind of the, the metrics that you can write in a bio. We're more oriented towards like the character of people. I think the common thread is these are competent entrepreneurs because one, to be able to afford it and two, to be able to like take the time away and not get behind on stuff to do these, like you need to be at a certain level. It's sort of like this given through line that you're a founder who's worn a million hats, you get the ups and downs and that it's never over. And like, there's this common understanding uh, that you have as like an entrepreneur founder. Um, but I don't really ask them about revenue that much because I can actually sort of figure it out just by having conversations about where they're at. Um, and it's not the perfect metrics because like there's some people who are just in an industry that they're so competent. If they were in a different niche, they would have millions, million more, but they're like, say there's a guy in mountain biking. Like he's at like 5 million in revenue, but that's like the top of his little niche. If he was an operator in another space, he'd be killing it. So as I look at like EO, YPO, or like all the different things out there, the first thing they ask is like, what's your revenue? It is a decent metrics, but it doesn't actually tell me you're a good person uh, or you treat your team well or things like that. And so that kind of comes through the live interaction. Absolutely. And that's what I've seen with it. Yeah, you, people are successful, but it doesn't matter who I bump into or talk to at an event. At this point, I pretty much know all the regulars at this point, but even the new people that are always coming, however they filtered through and had shown up at the event, I think I've only met like one weirdo in like nine events. I mean, those are pretty damn good metrics. <laughs> yeah. And imagine going to a, how many times have you been at like a big hotel conference and you just find yourself wanting to get out of a conversation? Because just because you're both wearing that lama does not mean you both have common values and interests um, or walking a sponsor, you know, that in a Vegas style conference, uh, you know, convention center and things like that. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a constant changing thread, but we need good people around us to support us. Uh, and for the people who are in the right stage, it's like the jet fuel. That is like the wind in their sails and keeps them going. But if they're in the wrong stage, it's not right. Like that is a qualifying question I ask. Like, say you had an investment fund, you know, if someone's giving you capital, there's a risk it might not work out. You want to say like, hey, can you part with this and your life doesn't change? Like, If someone's going to join this group, I want them to be in that grow and scale phase where they don't need a clear expectation of I need to sell a client or I need to solve this one issue of why my energy as a leader isn't there like, they kind of need to expect the unexpected to be worth the ROI because they've got so much momentum already. And what they're missing is that peer group who's going to support them and come to them, but we're not giving them specific tactical advice. Like I'm in a couple programs that are very specific. This isn't specific. This is for, you know, people with that, that size where they're not some huge corporation and they're not just a one man shop just starting out. They generally have a team. They're, you know, navigating this new path. At the end of the day, like, we're real, real people. Like, we kind of purposely not targeted the major cities because there is a different energy there. Like, if you notice, it's a lot of 
more people have chosen a small town lifestyle or, you know, being in the country or on a beach or an alternative than a typical, you know, uh, they want to be around the other VCs or whatever. They wanted to choose a life for that. And, and you've seen it. That's the conversation that we actually end up having almost more than the business stuff because you only need one or two nuggets to come home and be like, home run, got my money back and covered my time. Now, you know, what are you doing for your plan for your kids or how are you doing your health stuff or, you know, just even going down spiritual rabbit holes like it's, or just laughing about nonsense because you needed to press the relief valve because you've just been grinding, you know. Um, that That's kind of what actually gets me most excited when the product, quote unquote, is, you know, working. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, for sure. Like when I come back, you know, from a baby bathwater event, my wife, it's always like, you're tired because there's a lot, but like you're still glowing and you just feel like, yeah, it's that release valve. And she's like, no, baby bathwater events come up, like get your butt on that plane. You're going. <laughs> like, and you've got to meet yeah. her and it's it's great to see like our families get to meet each other and really build. And that's what you said in the beginning is like when you're meeting these people, when you're having these conversations, think about it as like you're trying to build like a 30 to 50 year like lifelong friend. Like have that. Yeah have that tonality, have that like thought process because then you're not trying to make a quick buck in the conversation. You're actually like, Hey, how do I continue to add value vice versa and build this relationship? And like, I want to see Hollis in 15 years and we're still skiing just to like the best of buds. And also in that context, then if someone you're not trying to fit somebody into one of your service boxes to make money, because like if the deal goes wrong and you're like not a thousand percent confident you can pull it off for them, it's like they're still going to be around and you're still going to have to like deal with that and handle that. But like you guys say, when we're vetting out deals, even inside of the community, it's like, are you 1000% the best person for this person? And if you're not, refer them to who is and like all of that stuff really comes around. And that's really where like the family community vibe comes from is we all are truly looking out for each other's backs which is rare in a community because usually someone's getting a referral commission over here to send somebody over and, or you can make a deal. And it's like, if, when you remove that pressure and really just allow for people to really show up for each other, that's what really creates that clean energy at an event where like, I'm genuinely interested in your well being because I want to keep hanging out with you for the next 20 years, which is like the best salesperson in the world. Like, you know, I, have a ton of background in sales and did tons of it online, offline, big ticket, low ticket, whatever. And people always, you know, who aren't in the business were like, oh, salespeople, they think use car salesmen and stuff. But like the person who wants to sell the right thing, whether it's someone else's thing, they see a genuine need that they can help someone with. And like, they know that. And so um, lessons we've learned from running a event community business over the decade like we didn't know we we're going to need rules for how people interacted i call them guidelines because you know i hate rules um but like at the beginning it was no pitching because we did come from kind of the marketing world there's people who that that was a really cool differentiator most events you knew they monetized them by having some pitches and and stuff there which is like, like hey we don't do it and you don't do it and that was like a live event sort of rules like build a relationship first like make sure you're fucking valuable to each other uh, in some other way than just a quick media, like, oh, you have a business that my product can fulfill. Like, I'm just going to sell it to pay for this event or whatever. That was the wrong energy. But don't get me wrong, people actually do deals deal at a time. We started tracking this. So 
in the membership, we ended up building call it like the baby to baby rule. You kind of talked about it. And we came up with like checklists that people need to do. Like, can you 100% if you're a service company know you have like your best person because this person is family and you're not just closing the deal with a conference. If not, pass on the deal. Um, and like give them some stuff to think about because also people meet in this environment and we have falsely created abundance for everyone like in a moment in time. But then you go back to reality. We only vetted that they're nice but they have some competency that got them to a certain level. I don't know that the thing you're talking about is absolutely perfect. And to keep us above board, we've made rules on ourselves. We've foregone so much revenue uh, that if we had a typical kind of mastermind group, we could have because we don't take fees. So like we facilitated people meeting and transactions and things. And all we do is just make sure people are making the most informed decision and tracking that. And then, you know, I'll actually get my report tomorrow in the last three months. Uh, people, what have they done together? You know, I think last time it was like 32 successful interactions in some value, whether it was a contract or transaction or whatever that had happened. And like two, went walking and we'll go find out like, why did it not go well? But that into our data set. So that if chance, like, hey, I'm thinking about working with Bob. Like, hey, dude, Bob did a great job. But guys with you know B to C stuff, but man, he sucked at B to B. So like, don't go. You know, they're not the perfect mix. Even though you guys like laughing and having a drink, maybe go to a different one because now we've seen that pattern. And it goes back to like, what is the best for the whole group? And if people get a bunch of transactions that they can show on the bottom line, awesome. But what really hurts us, they're still going to enjoy it even if they didn't get those transactions. But would hurt us if they have a bad one. And then that energy, even though it wasn't us who did the deal, we had zero monetization of it, they're going to re- relate it to where they met that person. And so we we're just really brand protective that way because it starts to lose its value if you know you did some deals in a group that you met that was vetted. And it wasn't, right? Even though we don't promise vetting their transaction skills, we just you know do our best that it's a good, competent entrepreneur who's a nice human who gives first and is uh you know might be a creepy weird person to hang out with and we allow you to share um so it's like there's a lot of gray areas to navigate um but luckily people like yourself and entrepreneurs who can speak directly and are kind of emotionally in tuned in some way it's pretty fun to have those conversations uh because usually there's some real gold on the other side even if they're difficult ones from time to time yeah absolutely and when you're speaking with people it's like we joke about all of our failures in business and it's hilarious and other entrepreneurs get that. And then there's like, and then what did you learn coming out of that situation? Oh, here's what it was. Oh, fantastic. There's the gold nugget. But like you enjoy the ride of the story because it's a lot of the same people cut from the same cloth that come in a baby bathwater, which is, which is great. A lot of people are, you know, musician lovers and go to festivals and still have an amazing family, but are obsessed with health and, you know, still travel and are still quite nomadic, but still grow a business and like can still find their way back to baby bathwater. And it just creates very interesting, uh, emotionally intelligent people that I just really enjoy being around. Just talking about right now, I'm like bummed. I'm not going on the river trip, bummed. I just missed the cloud camp. Uh, got a lot going on, but we'll definitely be there. Cabo, in February of 2024. If people want to continue to follow you and learn more about baby bathwater, what's that whole process? How do they even start to go down the rabbit hole of getting invited to an event? What does all that look like? Yep. I mean, the easiest thing is you can just go on the website. There's uh, two things you can do. You either fully apply. There's an application process. Um, people go through there and we'll follow up that way. 
Um, you can also just get on the email lists, and as things come up, um, you can follow there. So, you know, judging by where you're at in your journey, and if you know a higher ticket, like kind of time commitment thing, is a good fit, and this kind of value is where you're at, then I would apply. If you're earlier on the journey and not quite there, then get on the email list and following, like, we're going to be doing spotlights of different people in the group and showing that kind of value, like, follow along until you're there. Um, but, like, our sweet spot, you know, is that founder who I also, you just nailed it with some of the words. It's like, they're a bit of an enigma. Like, you may really like to party and maybe re- really into health. You may, you know, live nomadically but love being hot. Like, we're all a little bit of more of a character versus the cookie cutter um, kind of bit quote unquote business person. So if that kind of world relates with you and you find lacking a bit of a peer group, then we can just have an honest conversation and figure out you can apply on the site and do that. Um, and then also uh, my personal Instagram is just hollow C. You can always shoot me a message and say, Hey, you know, I, I heard this and uh, related to X, Y, and Z and I can take you around the back door in some way. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting experiment. We're growing in a nice, just slow, steady state. Uh, I just enjoy the people and stuff and, uh, and doing all the other entrepreneurial stuff that you get exposed to and the deals that are there and uh, just having a good time. So, Awesome, man. Well, hey, I, speaking from experience, have had an amazing time getting to know you and the entire baby bathwater. Not just the people at the show, but everyone that works for you is so freaking rad. Like Ferg, I see the best friend now. Kaylee, Haley, like, I just have become really good friends with them as well. And a lot of times I find myself sitting at the employee dinner table and like hanging out with the homies and like eating because like they're all freaking rad as well. So it's like you guys have kept that whole philosophy of of vetting and bringing the right people to the table that are pure gold on, you know, your employment side. And then also people that are coming in through the through the community as well. So, man, yeah, I actually really appreciate it because that's, you know, doing the OS values thing, like doing some of this more, like Mike and I, like, you know, touched it, you know, we're not business people. We almost have like a, a repulsion to doing some of that stuff. Um, but I do see the value in it. But, you know, culture is huge. Like the tagline that was on the wall of the original office, which is this weird hippie house in the mountains with no right angles and people were staying overnight all the time and whatever, you know, it was just like life's too busy, life's too busy, life's too short to do business with people who suck was like on the wall. Uh, and we just knew like, Hey, this is a period of time that we are consciously like living with each other. And if you put people in it who aren't giving you value in your energy, then like, it's, it's really not worth it. And I actually think people should think about this. Like we might not be the right group for some personality types, but they're going to find one that's, that's great. We wanted to be the pocket for one that like it just had a lacking of space being held for it. Um, and people need to know what lights them up and who they want to be around. And the same with the team. Like, you know, my job description to Fred Wind up being our officiator or when we eloped during COVID with my wife who also works in the company. Um, he had come to an event for like a night where we had like a night party in the mountains somewhere and uh I remember having a day I was super overwhelmed with just so much going on in the company. I sent him an email that was like, do you want to come to Boulder and start working with the company? I attached a job description. It said, Berg helps move balls down court. And that was it. And he moved like two weeks later. And now he's been with the company for like, you know, seven years. And it's been really fun. But it's more of 
it's not like a top-down leadership thing. We're like, you're the boss, here's the direction. It's a co-creation. And if people don't enjoy that, it's not really a good place to work. So they also need to find out, do they want to take initiative? Do they want to be a part of it? Do they enjoy the people? Do they want to add their own energy to it? Versus just like go down the checklist and knock shit out and you know do that. That's that's super important, which I think is also what you experience as a, a part of the community. Is like it's about collaboration. Like that is what lights me up. I love making shit with other people. Like when you can do that, it's it's phenomenal. When the friction there, you're like, oh well, don't worry. There's plenty of opportunities and plenty of people in the world that need to to keep going uphill here. Well said. Well put. And you're. You don't just talk the talk, Hollis, you walk the walk and you talk about being a leader and creating a culture and taking care of your people. And I've seen you do that at massive scale on a private island in Croatia with 300 members and there was probably 150 employees and just a smooth running ship and everyone feels like they're taken care of. And like you said, you treat service people the way you treat other people. And it's like when at the end of a, a long haul like that, and everyone's still got a smile on their face, it says a lot about the people running it. So Hollis, thank you so much for putting it together and everybody at the Baby Bathwater team. I enjoy it. Guys, if you're listening in, you want to check it out, you can go to babybathwater.com. Or also their Instagram shows a lot of the amazing imagery of us doing crazy shit all over the world. It's baby.bathwater, correct? Is that the IG handle? I think so. Okay. I should know that was talking about but <laughs> I think I just got yeah, baby. <laughs> baby.bathwater and uh we'll put all the links in the show notes we'll put hollis's instagram handle the link to the website where you can go and you can fill out an application and then also the ig so hollis thanks again for being here and uh yeah man can't wait to see you soon yeah man we'll rock it soon right on all right guys thank you again for tuning in to another episode here of the abundant leap podcast i will catch you on the next episode be well